0: In this episode of Tech Talks with Lou, I interview Sam Sarah, a fellow woman in tech who also has an absolute love and talent for creativity. I loved listening to her stories of working in New York and being that fearless woman in tech asking for exactly what she needed. She also features her new song, Nothing Wrong With Me. So, stay until the end and you'll get to hear it and see it if you're following on YouTube. Whilst we don't actually raise this in the interview, tech saved us both and allowed us to be strong and confident women in the world today. Now, I want you to take a moment and enjoy this episode. Hello, I'm Lou Temlett, and welcome to Tech Talks with Lou, the show in which I discuss top tech secrets for success from the best in today's digital world. So, to make you feel more confident with the trials and tribulations of technology, each week I'll be chatting with business owners about their successes with tech in their quest to fulfill their dreams. I'll also be hearing from you, the listener, about your tech tales of frustration from the corporate world and how I can help you shift your mindset with a positive sense of calm about all things tech. You have to force the world to deal with you, not with its idea of you, James Baldwin. Samsara, a.k.a. Sangeeta Sharma, embodies a unique and rare breed of international recording artist actor, global technologist and philanthropist in one. With an MSc in software engineering, she strengthened her tech skills working with global customers across Europe and subsequently North America from her home in New York. Classically trained as a musician and vocalist from childhood in London, Samsara emerged as a recording artist in the late 90s going on to perform and work in New York, where she earned recognition for her improvisational skills on the underground music scene, and as an actor and activist. Her new song, Nothing's Wrong With Me, is an apt example whereby she takes the topic of damaging stereotypes and cultural judgments against independent women to the international stage through song and comedy. Welcome Samsara, it's lovely to have you here. Thanks
1: for having me (laughs) Lou. We've already had so much fun.
0: (laughs) We have, we have. So we've just started recording and uh, we've been chatting for a little while and Samsara and I haven't known each other for that long but we had a connection and I'd love to ask you about your music and your technology and just everything that makes up who you are today, Samsara. So where did it all begin, your musical and technical interest in life?
1: Thank you for asking. I mean, it's a great question, right? Where does it all start? For me, and the reason why I think uh, it's been such a, a big part of my journey creatively and professionally as I started uh learning music classically right classically trained it clarinet guitar I taught myself the piano I was eight years old um and when you start to learn instruments at, at that kind of age uh, whatever those creative skills are I think your brain just develops a certain way so there hasn't been A time in my life where I haven't just naturally gravitated towards needing to play something, needing to write something, needing to, you know, have that outlet and that way of expression. Um, And, you know, looking back now. If I if I think about it, you know, I, sp- I speak French and Italian. I mean, that's languages, just like sight reading, right? And then, uh, and we know this now about creative people and technology. Um, programming languages, you know, the Masters in Software Engineering. I didn't quite realize it at the time that my brain was geared towards uh, certain kinds of, you know, ways of working. But I see it now. And I think it's a very natural synergy. And there's so many of us. And I think one of the nice things to see in the industry <laughs> it's a double-edged sword, really. Uh, there's part of me that wants to call it corporate creative uh, appropriation." Uh, and there's another part of me that says, <laughs> "This is great. everyone has a guitar. I really think that guitars are the you know standard choice of instrument for any decent technologist these days. And pianos, of course, but guitars, mainly guitars <laughs>
0: It's funny you should mention that because one of the first instruments I learned to play was the guitar and to play chords and folk music. I still have a, a tendency to enjoy folk music every now and again. <laughs> See?
1: It's a natural thing, isn't it? And I think yeah. when you think about programming and you think about the way that we write, I mean, We heard this about Robin Williams. We hear this about creative people. It's how I dealt with my inner world. It's how I dealt with loneliness. I had my guitar. I had an instrument. I related through that, and then I was able to express that way, right? Similar sort of thing. I mean, coding, programming, sitting there, working with software. You're on your own mostly anyway, right, in your own head,
0: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> exactly. I think, it, you know, it's a, a great synergy that you've brought out, you know, bringing the creativity and the tech. And actually, it you know, it brings a lot of clarity for me in hearing you speak about those concepts. So um, tell me a bit more about the technology side of things, and then we can talk about the music bit a bit later. Cool.
1: So I was in a band... Um, and <laughs> it's great, isn't it? Uh, my mum uh, <laughs> said I had to work. Uh, so, yeah, I, I, I started working in tech support. And who knew knew where it was going to go? So I was sort of gigging maybe two or three times a week and, and, and you know, uh, working with software and working with solving bugs and speaking French to customers and things like that. And it was great fun. Uh, It was a very dynamic environment and uh, very international crew. It was like the United Nations of techies. It was great. Um, And, you know, relationships were formed that still exist and I'm very grateful for. So I would say accidentally, but I kind of know better now than to say that Um, because it was pivotal in my journey Then moving forwards. And then eventually, you know, traveling and playing in different countries and and working in New York. So I don't think it was an accident. There were many years there where I did feel like, how have I ended up here? I'm not supposed to be doing this. (laughs) Um, You know, in hindsight, it's great because I look back and and today I'm really grateful, really grateful. And, uh, you know, really, really proud in the sort of I should be proud of myself way for the things that, you know, I have I have seen and done.
0: Yes no that's that's just um, fabulous so how how did it feel when your mother said that you just had to go out and work and all you wanted to maybe do was create music? I guess you kind of had that balance, but um yeah what's what's the inner stuff going on in that narrative? So my father is
1: a musician, um, and my uncle's a massive, massive lover. Um, of music too you know he bought all my my picture discs all my vinyl like he was amazing he he buy me you know Madonna picture discs and Bowie and Prince he had the, the rarest collection you could imagine and I was very lucky um, and my father is an Indian musician so he sings guzzles and rugs it was my father's idea uh, to get me to learn an instrument now I wanted to learn the piano but it turned out and I only learned this much later so like you know, 2016. Um, that the teacher at the time in the school didn't want me to learn anything. So my father went in and fought her and just said, You're not stopping my daughter from learning music. And all that was left was a clarinet. I hated it for years. (laughs) Hate to play And the teacher was mean, she wasn't very nice, she was really mean, Uh, but I stuck with it. And then of course, at some point at school, I started singing and boom, you know, this voice sort of popped out uh, because of all those breathing exercises. So my dad had a a really strong hand in it. My mum had a different sort of perspective. Um, As much as there was hope, it it wasn't in my family DNA to have someone succeed in the arts. so it was alien territory and yeah so for as long as i sort of could do it and things were working out great nobody was worried but when it started to get really tough and the and the sea started to get a bit choppy and then i you know was gigging and and was out quite late often um then some of the concerns started to pop up and it was like okay but you can't do this forever (laughs) it's different different now of course Uh, yeah you know these are the journeys we go on
2: yeah
0: so you were in an international kind of environment with the tech support. What happened after the tech support in your in that side of your career?
1: Um, so there was a point at which, I mean, I wanted to go to New York to, just for a visit. This is a bit weird that I had this dream. Uh, and in this dream, it was really weird. It was my first trip to New York. You, I can see your face. You're like,
2: oh, my God. I more.
1: can't wait to hear it. <laughs> so, um, I, I don't know. I'd never been before, and um, I don't know. The I, I was walking in this very sort of green area uh, with red bricks, and I could see the towers, but they were in the distance. It didn't make sense to me. Sorry, my cat had to say hello. You just had to. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, it didn't make sense because they were off. It, it just it just seemed weird. Um, and then the ground started to shake, and everyone fell to the ground and started running. But then on my first trip I turned I went to Liberty Island and I turned the corner and then it all made sense because I was on the island you see and I'm literally staring at the the patch of pathway or whatever it was that I'd seen it really blew my mind so I sat down for a good while and did some journaling but when I got back I said to my boss at the time you know I was thinking of moving to Canada to Toronto like doing a transfer that way um and he said, You don't want to go to Toronto, it's cold. What about New York? And I said, I do it in a heartbeat. Uh, so, so that was sort of the plan was hatched. And uh, a few years later that's that's what happened. It took two weeks to get my visa. Off I went with two suitcases and pretty much nothing else. Didn't know what I was letting myself in for though.
0: Amazing, amazing <laughs> So what had you let yourself in for? Tell us about the New York story. (laughs) It's a long story
1: um, because, I mean, I've spent, I don't know, over a decade, right, living in New York and travelling backwards and forwards, and I miss it, I do. Um, And it was really, I think, the time when I was able to do most of my sort of self-discovery in a certain way, had my own space, my little nest in the sky, as it were. I had a beautiful little apartment. And I worked um, just on top of uh, Penn Station, Madison Square Gardens. Uh, it was, so it was a really dynamic sort of spot as well, uh, which was fabulous. But it was very, very, very different. And when I landed, <laughs> that my, I did have a fantasy that a limo would show up and pick me up and take me to the office. But, of course, it didn't, right?
0: Um, <laughs> uh, then, come on. Then, Where, where's your dream power gone? <laughs> exactly. Um,
1: I know exactly right (laughs) Uh, and then it was from there it was kind of a slow process of no honey get with reality you know uh no you can't wear heels on the sidewalk to the office because you'll ruin them you need flats I'm wearing I'm wearing sneakers I'm wearing trainers um so the first thing that disappeared was the mojo you know, that sense of I look good, I feel good, I know where I'm going, I know what I'm doing. And New York just has a way of of, of going like yeah, that. I, got, I feel that. Right? But in the best way, too. Um, so it was a shock, a short, sharp shock, but it was wonderful too, because it was exhilarating because everything was new Uh, and I was meeting new people and I I was learning so much so fast. Uh, So it was an adventure. It was really an adventure. And I think a process of sort of becoming, I had no idea um, that I would stay there for so long. I, I really didn't. I thought maybe I'd stay a year And and then come back. But then I heard somebody once, I was out in the West Village, I think, and he was talking to a friend, I can't remember, I think I overheard it. And he said, You know, I'll have been here 10 years next month. And I just had this feeling, there's something in me just knew I'm going to be saying that one day. And I did. Yeah.
0: Amazing. There's, there's been about three instants already throughout this interview where I've kind of gone goosebumpy and gone, "Oh my goodness!" I can completely feel your feels, the dream, the you know uh, premonition, whatever it happens to be, and, and feeling and kind of thinking that those things are going to happen for your future. Now, if there are any musicians or uh, women in tech or anyone else that is thinking about going to uh, work in a different country, what would your advice be to them?
1: I just had one of those moments when you asked me that question where I went, oh, yeah, I'm older now. I have advice. (laughs) Okay. Um, hmm. I think uh, the best way I think to answer that is because obviously I, I can't, Comment on anyone else's journey. But maybe what would I say to myself? Um let go. Really let go. I think the the natural instinct when you leave your hometown and your friends and your family, you know, I'm the eldest of, of four and miss miss my mum's cooking, all of that, but also really enjoyed having my own kitchen and my walk-in closet. Um I just <laughs> let go and that doesn't mean you know let go sort of float along and don't pay attention it it, I mean let go of yeah those things are there and that was the time and the place but be open you know to the new experience be open to that learning let let go and and try and go with the current swim and I learned very quickly and painfully (laughs) new york is not a town uh, that has the kind of energy that, that you can fight against you know you, you, you've got to get in and, and, and swim and go with the current and granted lots has happened since and you know we're living in a, a different world now so i know that uh, things have changed quite a lot there potentially so
0: yes yeah. yeah so we're both women in tech I'd like us to have a bit of a discussion about our experiences in in the tech world and how easy or challenging it might have been for us. So over to you. (laughs) What are your first thoughts? And then uh, I'll contribute as well.
1: (laughs) (laughs) My first thoughts, I was not prepared uh, for the differences in in opinions um, now. I started in sort of a technical role and then I went into a, a sales environment and sales is tough on a normal day, you know, uh, especially with a, a account executives under a lot of pressure, lots of targets. And then you add the pressure cooker that is, you know, a city like New York or, or any city really, you know, LA is like that. San Fran can be like that. Um, um, so I sort of went through a period of time where I just, even even though I understood the language, I just couldn't read anyone. I couldn't get a gauge on whether somebody was being snidey with me or complimenting me or, like, I, I didn't know how to take uh, people's sort of comments at first. And it took time and I, obviously I got to know people and I had friends and I, I made friends. Um, and as challenging as it was... And uh, yeah, you know, we, we, we could go on forever about the nuances of, of what it's like being I mean, a girl from Hounslow in the middle of an office, <laughs> sales guys, <laughs> you know, Irish, Italians, um, you know, from all over uh, and and really colourful characters. Who, who I think really did mean well, but were just different. And then I was different, you know, and slotting into that. Uh, I mean, what was I? My, I was in my early 30s, really. So it was massive. I was just about getting to get grips with who I was. Yes. And uh, I remember going to my manager at one point because the company did training <laughs> and said, can I please go to acting class? Okay. And he goes, "Why?" I said? <laughs> I said because I think it's the only way I can
0: learn to understand you, people. <laughs> like, so that, funny. That sounds like a so. How was that request met? With
1: the with a no, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was cool. It wasn't a it wasn't a bad thing. Um, I, I learned on the job. I, it was challenging. I won't lie. It, it really wasn't rosy in the sense that the growing pains were, were intense, really intense. You know, there were days when. I didn't know uh, if I was doing well, badly, you know, what my next move should be, figuring out, you know, who to trust. But I was uh, very fortunate to have a mentor in the company who was an exec. And, you know, that's something I think that's really important, uh, especially if, as you're starting out in your career. I know that now having a mentor and support from women is much more uh, prolific. Um but yeah, having someone to sort of uh, give you that nudge and, and that little sort of even a wink and be like, I-, I wouldn't say it that way if I were you or et cetera, et cetera. Just that little bit of friendly advice yes. um, with the understanding that uh, it, it may not make sense. And, you know, I don't necessarily agree. And and that was what it was like in those days. I am really happy to say it. it's not like that anymore. It's really not. Um, it's much more inclusive. It's easier to have these discussions. Um, you know, the Me Too movement, even the BLM movement have have brought these issues into the light, as it were. Um, one of the biggest differences for me that I feel was due to the fact that I grew up with Margaret Thatcher as prime minister. Um, was the way I spoke and asked for things. You know, I'd just knock on the door and be like, hey, can I have? Can I go on this train? And I would get these looks like, <laughs> you know, what is she doing? <laughs> um, and it's not that I couldn't have those things. Uh, it was just, it, it wasn't the way everyone else was handling it. Um, you know, that secret, I always say it, you know, it's a secret rule book it, it's written by men, enforced by women. Uh, and and that's how it could be in in those days
0: yes very uh very sound uh, kind of advice and You know, you're right in saying that things have changed. In my experience uh, going into the tech world, I think I was probably oblivious. Listening to your story, you know, there didn't feel like a huge divide. Um, But I think that was very much my childhood uh, and kind of being treated with potentially more masculine um, kind of surroundings and behaviours that just you know not not bold and confident um but just uh, I don't know I'm not even sure how to describe it but I just kind of got down to it got to know everybody um and built my my kind of network up from just working hard and long hours um and it was you know like you probably in those days you know the hours that we worked were relentless you know oh God. the number of like 24 48 hour shifts were like regular occurrence. Yeah. um and whilst uh, as an entrepreneur we may well choose to do that we don't have to but uh deadlines and you know different the way different organizations uh, operate and deliver um dealing with that as well but uh you know my my time at honda there were maybe one or two women in the IT department and 70 men. And uh, most of them just kept their heads down. Um, I'm not sure whether that was, a, you know, bringing from the relationship and just wanting a quiet life or, or what, but or whether they were just completely focused on um, delivering, delivering what they had to do and getting out at the end of the day so they could have their free time. Um, yeah. You know, uh, I think it's really interesting
1: you say that. Sorry, I I didn't mean to cut you off. That's
0: cool.
1: It's interesting you say it because if I look back at the time, not having the perspective that I, I have now, none of the women that I've encountered in those years or in my career since were wallflowers or shy or lacked confidence. Every single one ask themselves whether it was them regardless of where they came from and to see a woman in a a sales position or a particular role now in a company I think in those years it might be okay well yeah well you're in that position the context of it what it must have taken to get there and achieve that and be in those positions and those are the women that that carved the path you know before us Um, And that carries a huge amount of weight, more weight for me now than I think uh, it did, you know, back then. Just the recognition that, you know, it took it took a lot more than anyone might realize uh, to, to get there.
0: Yes, I think you're absolutely right. And still for me, you know, I undervalue probably what I've achieved. um, And I'm still in a place of learning and growth. And when you talk about, um, you know, having that boldness and not being a wallflower, you know, I did a lot of my learning and personal development as well at the end of my kind of time in corporate. And they were the biggest years for me in understanding and you know when you say whether someone was you know meaning something different from what they said um that resonates for me as well in just uh you know having that learning and growth to be able to know that what's being said is not personal and it becomes part of the delivery of the the process rather than you know a kind of individual attack but it sounds like we've had similar but slightly different journeys in our in our careers.
1: I think it was interesting as well because when I came back to England, I was (laughs) I mean I I had a great experience working for the company I worked for when I left, you know. Um so it was a bit of a rude wake-up call for me to not be in the nest anymore. Right. In, in England. So coming back, you still had this sheen, just like when, you know, I'll go back to my you know family and friends, the ones I left behind. <laughs> Nostalgia. Um, it was a bit of a short, sharp shock that way as well, because it's like, whoa, wasn't expecting that. You know, but here I am older at a different stage in my life and with different expectations, too, and, and a different understanding. Uh, and again, there's no one. Uh, culture, right? Like you said, for each of these companies, every single one of them is different and, and, you know, nothing's ever hundred percent perfect. Um, but I met good people in every single, in every single company I've worked for. And I, I'm really grateful for the friendships that, that I made there because there are allies, there are people who, who are supportive. Um, I just feel like, I don't want to sugarcoat everything because I know that some people <laughs> have a really, really shit time. It can it can get yep. tough. For me, I had an experience where I had a back injury and, you know, life got really hard and I had, took a good look at where I was and the things I wanted and what mattered to me. And like you said, you know, 15, 16 hour days, there were nothing in those days and Sometimes too. Now we're now we're doing multiple posts sometimes and you know we're all remote and oh, got my... some companies are very good at, at providing policies and, and making sure that you know people don't have to respond immediately, that kind of thing. I'm not talking about any particular company here, by the way. All my personal opinions. Um yeah, I have to say that. You know this. Um but um yeah, I think there's more help than there ever was, right? We can reach out on on social media and we can talk to each other. I think we can have those tough conversations um, and be more honest about them, right? I I hear uh, people talk about, You know, feminism, and sometimes there's no direction, and women are really angry, and they just—it's like, nah, not really. Yes, there is some of that, of course, but remember that a lot has been left unsaid for a really, really, really long time. And I think what's a surprise to some, and quite wonderful at the same time for many is, it's not the usual voices the usual candidates who are speaking up people who you know didn't have that platform before didn't have that avenue before are now able to stand up and and own the and have their voices own their voices and be able to express themselves and i think that's really important that's transformation that's change. that there's progress in that of course there is
0: Absolutely. I,
1: being I hope I'm being helpful. <laughs> you are.
0: I mean, it's so, it's so considered and, you know, it's just wonderful listening to you speak. And, you know, there's a lot going on in my head that I don't actually uh, articulate vocally right now. But I'm sure there will be times when we'll have discussions and kind of, uh, you know, follow things up. So you're known as an activist as well. So you've kind of just alluded a little bit to some of that. Can you talk a bit more about that?
1: <laughs> sure. So when I um, started singing or I got, you know, my break, as it were, in, in London in the 90s, you know, the Asian underground movement was taking off um, and there were amazing bands playing. And I was on stage jamming and and, and getting up and singing on the microphone if there was a dj playing in a microphone and it was just standing there doing nothing it was mine um so off we went you know the whole fusion thing with indian vocals and then drum and bass and it's a wonderful time for experimenting um then it was through that um that I got, oh my god that's just a nightmare sorry that was my sister <laughs> um it was through that that she's gonna she's gonna call again and watch this i know she is yeah, watch again. All right it. Um, so in that crew so for example uh, I was working with a, a musical workshop for for youth right and um, Oh, and and also being taught to work with samples and, you know, MCs and a, a little bit of rap, a little bit. Of sc- all of this, all of these different dynamics all coming together, all these different sounds. And of course, activism is a huge part of art because justice, equality, speaking the truth, inspiring others and speaking up for those who cannot speak for themselves. Huge, massive part. Yeah. And... You know, I'll just say now, you know, looking at social media, even even the songs I'm writing and, and the song that I'm putting out, you know, I've chosen to focus on putting it into my creativity uh, and sharing it with others that way. Right. Because that's where I think it's most helpful. But that's also what's in my DNA. So starting in London, let's say with, with Asian Dub Foundation, I work with them um you know i did some vocals on community music but also uh, got to know them in those years and i learned a, a huge amount um at adfed and then uh you know when i'm i went over to uh america I, I started working with reverend billy's church of stop shopping which was rather incredible um and and reverend billy was just here actually on tour right uh at, for cop 26 uh, again learning so much but this time from the american perspective um different communities communities of musicians sharing i mean there were practices that they had that i would never have been exposed to just working in tech for example you know they'd ever they'd get their clothes and instead of going shopping every week maybe they'd bring in clothes that they didn't want anymore and they just share them with each other you know stuff like that was yeah. amazing and and just that collective sense of community and spirit, uh, being together and, and, and helping each other. Um, it, it was interesting because it, it there were two worlds kind of like completely different, you know, things like going to South by Southwest, um, you know, and singing in Starbucks in, in protest, yeah. but singing in a friendly way. Yeah. So I, I've never really separated the two. I think you can't have one really without the other, but... That's not everybody's way.
0: So you've got a new song out. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, there's chance to plug it now. <laughs> yeah, let's do it. You want to hear it? You want to see it? Yeah.
1: Let's see if I can put it up. Uh, okay. Let me see. Yeah, let's do that. I'm going to pull it up. Let's go get it. Uh, and yeah, so this is nothing's wrong with me. And... I took some time I went to New York uh this was 2017 I'd already written the sketch um and I was working at a studio on a couple of other projects um and this studio was amazing right it was originally built by Frankie Valley. and wow. so of course when I heard about it I was like look I've got to like you know I, 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 I've got to do this I've got to do this um so we had one slot left on sort of, the, you know, the project itself. And, and that was it. I was going to do the sketch anyway. And then it just occurred to me that we should just do an entire video. So that's what I did. Um, so, yeah, let's play it. Shall, we? shall I, I bring it into the...
0: Yeah, do it, do it, do it. Do it.
2: Whose man? Her man. There's no man. No man.
0: Is she gay? No, she's got to find a man. Which
2: man? I don't have a man. She must be gay with no man. Gandhi. She's too old for a what man. What about an old man? Doesn't she want children? She's too old for children. What about old, old children? children? What the f***? What about a black man? No,
0: not a black man. What
2: about Muslim no,
0: <laughs> not not a Muslim man? No, not a Muslim. What about a very dark Indian man? Hmm. hmm.
1: Oh, yeah, of course. Probably needs a passport. Well, as long as he's an Indian. What, man? She's gay. She's not gay. Look, bitch. Am I gay? i f- her. I don't have a man. Does that make
2: me gay? I'd still f*** her. I'd f*** her too. Hide it's on. the fro- But he'll want children. Does she want children?
0: She could have my children. She
2: has a job. Oh, yeah, she's got a very good job.
1: And she got. Why does she need a man? I don't need a man. She, she needs, needs a man.
2: man. She needs a beating. Just she f- She's
1: too headstrong Can she roll a joint? Yes, she's great with her hands. And she's smart Very smart I don't have a man, okay? And I'm fine, okay? There is nothing wrong with me
2: I see you every day Listening to my wall Instead of what I say Yeah, I'm old enough to know what I want A model lover, mother, I'm your boss This isn't a negotiation No Nothing's wrong with me, I'm not here
0: I absolutely love that (laughs) oh that was just great thank you but it's all right
1: I mean it's all of those all of those frustrations and all of those years yeah just standing up and saying it but you know in a fun way that
0: was great so many wonderful moments I'm gonna need to watch that one back
1: (laughs) tell me tell me i want to hear that i want to hear
0: oh it was just great you know all the nuances of the visuals and the audio you know but there's always so many layers to life and certainly to your new song um that you know one out can take kevin away
1: bacon. call out to kevin bacon i really do want him to be in the next one so
0: <laughs> we'll get that out there <laughs> Let's <laughs> make it happen! Oh, brilliant! Well, thank you very much for that. Um, is welcome. there anything else you'd like to talk about before we wrap up this this episode?
1: I mean, yeah, you tell me. I think we're off to a great start, luke I can, I want to I want to hear these thoughts that you're saying you're not articulating
0: i want to hear what you think i really do <laughs> about but, your song i was no, just, just like no,
1: just like you know there's moments when i've been talking uh-huh. and i can i can see that you know something's happening
0: yeah. there's always there's always something happening yeah. you know i'm kind of transported back to memories and thoughts and actions not regrets, but would I choose to be more outspoken? Yes. Would I choose to stand up for myself more? Yes. Uh, Would I trust my own intuition before I started to? Yes. Um, Would I have engaged with more people and told... Uh, kind of shared my skills and abilities earlier. Yes. Every uh, part of our conversation I'm going yes. I you know uh, no regrets but would I have done it differently? Yes. And I yeah. think that really is, you know, you've you've been an absolute pioneer for what you've achieved and you're still achieving and it just, you know, fills my heart and kind of I'm all goosebumpy because it's just such incredible work from a, a fellow woman in tech.
1: Thank you. I think you're amazing. This is amazing what you're doing. And I think what well, I think if there's one thing I want to say to anybody who's listening, it might not make sense now, but if you've made it this far, you've made it. So keep going and, and, and have faith in that, right? You know, t- take courage, as they say, or... I don't know what the actual saying is
0: uh, you're, you're bringing me to my my strap line Sam Sarah. go on take <laughs> the brave <laughs> pill take the brave pill and jfdi every day
2: yay exactly
1: <laughs> exactly. exactly
0: it's exactly. just flipping do it but it's about practicing and doing this stuff day in day out just keep going and and have that courage to to achieve and do you know if you if you see something in your dreams or you know have a moment where you're left a little confused then that's maybe suggesting something really positive and amazing for your future
1: yeah trust yourself um we didn't even talk about antarctica right we didn't we didn't talk about yeah we'll get there
0: we will we'll i'll get you back on very shortly for another follow-up episode which would be fantastic well, i when think got...
1: i'd love to talk to you more we've got so much we've got so much to talk about lou
0: we have <laughs> but that's that's it for uh, this episode and if you want to connect with samsara listen to her new song then all of the details will be in the show notes and will be up on youtube as soon as but thank you very much for listening um so Sarah, thank you for joining me um uh, it's been an incredible journey uh, certainly for me throughout this episode and continues to be for both of our futures in tech
1: thank you lou ah. thank, you. thank
0: you i hope you enjoyed this episode as much as i did recording it i look forward to having you listening in again for the next episode And if you would love to be a guest talking to me about your tech trials or successes, please do drop me a DM.